everyone, you're listening to episode number 42. Welcome to the Powerhouse Podcast. My name is Megan Swanson, former Miss Nebraska turned entrepreneur and expert pageant interview coach. And each week right here, we bring you a motivating conversation to help you discover just how to unlock the winner within you. Get ready for expert pageant interview secrets, life coaching strategies, and tons of personal development. Thanks for hanging out with me today. Now, let the podcast begin. Welcome, everyone. I am so excited for today's episode. This is episode 42. A couple of the episodes got a little bit jacked up because of Apple Podcasts. So we're super excited to be here with you today. We've gotten so many requests for me to continue interviewing people, which I love because I have so many incredible women in my life, specifically women, um, influencers, people who are my mentors, people from all over the country. And coming up on the podcast specifically, I'm going to be interviewing some of my greatest heroes, women who have made gigantic um, footprints in the world of mentorship, in the world of pastoring, in the world of public speaking, in the world of even um, helping people get free from sex trafficking, authors, writers, people who have starred in movies, tons of connections coming up. And today, I have one of my favorite people in the world, Miss Allie DeForge, on the Powerhouse Podcast. Hello, so, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah. So, guys, a little bit of background. I'm going to let Allie tell you her story so I don't tell it for her. But Allie heralds from New Jersey, and we just got to officially meet in person last week after knowing each other for a while. Yes. That's always super special for me just because... For a lot of you guys listening, um, I will sometimes work with a client for a year, or if for some reason they don't win that year, I'll work with them for two years, and then I'll have the opportunity to meet them in person. So Allie started off as a client, and now is someone who is going to be working for Powerhouse. We're so excited about that. So Allie, thank you so much for being here. Why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I'm Allie. Megan introduced me so sweetly, probably more than I deserve, but I am 20. I'm from New Jersey. I'm a college student. I'm studying public relations. Um, Yeah, so I started with Megan over the summer. I had just got my feet wet again with pageantry. I had done it for about, I had competed in a local kind of like on a whim. My boss had encouraged me and I was like, no, like, I don't think it's for me. And then she kind of told me more about the Miss America organization. And I was like, I could probably do that. So I competed my first local on a whim. It was Miss Ocean County in New Jersey and I won it. And then I went to my state title or my state pageant that year. And it was amazing. It was great. And I took about a year off because I was like, "Mm, I should focus on college and other things and other endeavors I want to do, maybe some internships. I know you all feel that pain. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I decided to do it again. So I worked with Megan. I had a really good time. And then I decided that maybe I could put my energy other places. Mm -hmm. So I started working with Megan more on life coaching and business coaching. And now here I am working for her. (laughs) I love it. And that is the abbreviated version of Megan and Allie. (laughs) Which is funny because that's my sister's name. So hashtag blessed. (laughs) Hashtag it's a small world. You know what? I am your sister younger and in Jersey. (laughs) Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. So um, there's so many things that we could talk about, but focusing in on today for our listeners. So Allie and I were kind of talking before the recording launched and we were talking about how a lot of Allie's story could be threaded through kind of the notion of the power of asking. She has an incredible story, an incredible story of how obviously she carries herself like she is well over 20 years old. (laughs) I forget every single day (laughs) she's 20 years old to where I was introducing you. I literally was almost like she's 23. Oh, wait. 
what how old? no it's okay I sometimes think I'm older too <laughs> I think sometimes I'm like <laughs> especially when I'm around people my age I'm like oh my gosh I'm a grandmother <laughs> when did I get like this really so, a love it um but you are so strong and you've obviously shared a ton of your story with me and so I'd love to start off just asking you a little bit um about your story growing up and that'll kind of set the foundation of what we're going to talk about today. So guys, get ready. This is um, going to be something that hits you in the face in terms yeah. of just powerful. <laughs> and what I want to say too, before Allie begins is I want to just set this perspective that so often I think we go through life and we instantly make a judgment call on people and we all do it. And I think a lot of people, if they were to meet Allie, they would say, oh, well, she's probably had the perfect life. She's confident. She's beautiful. <laughs> she's successful. She's got her crap together. She's funny. She's all these things. Um, and not just all that together. <laughs> right. And honestly, I think with pageantry specifically, not to sound cliche, but there's such a highlight reel mentality because that's the world that we live in. Mm -hmm. And Allie, who works in social media particularly, um, knows this, but yeah. Allie has not had a perfect story. And there mm -hmm. is, it's because of her story that she is all of those things that you guys get to see on the outside. But we want to encourage you guys in today and why I brought Allie on the podcast is because there's so much that we can learn from her as a 20 year old because of how she has created her own success for herself by her courage, by her story, and by what she's been through. So Allie, why don't you walk us through from the beginning a little bit of your story? We'd love to hear it. Absolutely. Okay. So I'm going to preface it with, I ask you all to be a little patient and gentle with me. I am not, I don't always talk about it. I don't talk about it a lot. So if I, you know, miss a word, lose a word, skip over some things, just bear with me. And it's not that bad. Everybody goes through some stuff, you know, so I don't... I don't like to speak on it in the fact of, you know, what was me, what could I went through, but I believe that everyone goes through what they go through to help others. And I believe that I, one of my favorite, like one of my favorite quotes growing up was that you are given mountains to move. So you show others that they can be moved. Mm. So I don't like you all. I don't want you all to think like, Oh, what was Allie? Allie's good. Allie's great. It's fine. But I want you all to be able to say like, Oh, you know, we can all get through whatever mm -hmm. comes away. <laughs> okay. So that's my preface. Um, so growing up, I was spoiled rotten with love from most of my family. I am so blessed to have this big, supportive, Irish, in your face, loud family, and they're all amazing and wonderful. And I grew up with my grandparents and my dad and my stepmom. I have a little brother who's 10 now. So I've always had, you know, an outpouring of love. But around the time my mom struggles with mental illness. And around the time I was 13, our relationship kind of changed from mother to daughter to like like a, a best friend and like a roommate relationship, you know? So my mom had to, my mom was, my parents are divorced. So my mom lived by herself with me and we lived in a small town and uh, right by my school. And so she had to work really hard to make end meets and she put herself through college. She's amazingly smart and she's, or she put herself through grad school. She's a nurse. So she's amazingly dedicated and she's such an inspiration and a role model to so many that she's able to provide for herself and her daughter. And I was never told no, you know, like anything I could have wanted or needed any opportunity or any club I wanted to do or vacation I wanted to go on was always provided for. I never felt, you know, that I couldn't 
do something I wanted to do because of money, which for a single mom in a really like well-to-do town is a really big deal. It's not easy. So my mom is in that she's amazing. I can't speak enough praise or admiration for all she did to be able to provide a life that I had growing up. However, she struggled with mental illness. So we had like a, a bit of a different relationship. And sometimes I felt that I had to take care of her and I had to take care of myself and the dogs. And I never wanted to be a burden to my mom because she worked nights. So she would work at night and sleep during the day. So I was alone for like long periods of time and stuff. And I kind of had to learn how to fend, not fend for myself because I did have an outpouring of other family who wanted to help me and love me and support me. But I felt a need to help my mom because she gave me so much and she didn't have a partner to give back to her. So I felt that I had to pour into her cup. It was my responsibility to make sure she felt love and, and anything and everything. You know, I felt like I had to provide for her because she was providing for me. I felt that if I could give to her, I was worthy of what she was giving to me. Mm -hmm. I never felt that because I was her daughter, I deserved all that she was giving me because it put her through so many things, you know, she'd be tired and she'd miss out on family events. And I was like, she's doing this for me. Mm -hmm. So I have to give back. I have to be this perfect child and I have to give to her. But as I'm a little older now, I know that that is not <laughs> always the normal relationship. But, um, so I kind of had to learn how to do things on my own and take care of myself and kind of take care of her from time to time because she does struggle with some mental illness issues. I don't want to, I don't want to tell too much of her story because that's not my story to tell, but I will tell you how it affected me. So that gave me my own bouts of like, you know, anxiety from time to time and imposter syndrome feeling that like, you know, I'm not good enough and I'm not worthy of being here. Or I'm not worthy of, you know, doing these things I'm doing. And it gave me this like terrible, I don't even know a word for it, but I felt that like I had mentioned before, I had to do anything and everything. And I had to be this perfect child to be worthy of her love. And I felt that if I was really absolutely 100% perfect, then I wouldn't have to worry about being yelled at or not always, you know, it wasn't, like I said, I don't want to speak badly on my mom. My mom's an amazing woman. And I know if mommy listens, I don't want you to be offended, <laughs> but you know, it just, I felt that if I could be perfect, I wouldn't get in trouble or I wouldn't be, you know, I wanted her, I wanted to be the perfect daughter all the time. I wanted my mom to be able to look at my mom, look at my daughter's doing, look what she's doing. So how that played out for me was I had straight A's in high school. I was the lead in community theater shows. I was leading my high school drama shows. I was on student government. I was in three AP classes. I took care of my, oh, let me show you guys, my perfect chocolate lab all the time that my mom bought me. Thank you, mommy. This is Wyatt. Um, <laughs> love my baby. <laughs> but I, um, I did all the things in high school and then I worked two jobs because, you know, my mom was really financially stable, but I just always felt awkward ever asking for anything. Mm. So I made money so I could see my friends. And by the time I was like, you know, from, I guess it was like 14 to 17, I just was like doing all the things for myself. So that was then. And then I, me and my mom had a bit of like a, a falling out. We kind of got, our relationship, because there was a lot of tension from time to time, because we were both very strong women, we would clash heads a lot, you know, there was a lot of tension, and it was not a typical mother-daughter relationship, mm -hmm. it was almost like, you know, two really strong-headed women just living together, Yeah. so 
we had a bit of a falling out. I started living with my dad full time. And then we worked through a tougher season for me and my mom. We had a hard time. My mom had some struggles of her own and they affected her work life and her, you know, personal life and all these different things. And they really affected me and my ability to cope. And then all of a sudden, this is where things started to get really hard for me. I felt that everything that happened to her was because of me. I felt that if I had been better, I could have saved my mom. I felt that if I didn't do this, if I didn't do that, if I was able to, you know, take on one more thing, or if I was able to get a straight A in this or get a straight A in that, I could have saved my mom. And, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. I now know that, of course, I couldn't have fixed anything. But I got this, like, crippling anxiety and this crippling, like, like like need to take care of my mom and I was going to college at this time so I was moving out of my dad's and I was not going to be 10 minutes away from my mom anymore and I was moving to Staten Island which was about an hour away from where I was and I was at college and it was this like weight on my shoulders of my mom is home she's alone I'm not there to fix something if something goes wrong and I I didn't know what to do and kind of tying back into how we we're going to start this podcast today and asking for things. It wasn't until, so I went through this season from the time I was 13 until I was about 17 living with her. And then I moved out and it was worse than what I was living with her because I wasn't there to micromanage everything. Mm-hmm. So from the time I was 17 to about 20, I just kind of am, work, I'm still working through it. You know, I'm just kind of figuring things out, but I went through this I didn't learn in the first season, 13 to 17, I didn't learn to ask for help. So I did everything on my own. I never said, hey, I'm, I, need, I need someone to help me because I'm pouring in her cup and I'm pouring in my school cup and I'm pouring in my dog's cup, but I am not pouring in my cup and I'm not giving myself what I need. You know, I'm not taking care of myself. I'm running for everyone else and I'm running myself into the ground for, for their benefit, not mine. So I'm just kind of learning now the ability of saying, hey, I am, I need help. I need someone to take on, as Megan says, elevate or delegate to elevate less. But, um, you know, I'm just kind of learning that it's okay to say, I need someone, I need some help. Yeah. I guess that kind of is an abbreviated and probably long-winded at the same time version of my fun story. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. Mm-hmm. And um, just for listeners and people who will eventually watch this as well. So this is less about, um, like we said, we want to be respectful of the other people involved. This is yes. about Allie and how she um, became kind of like woke in a sense, right? Of the situation yes. at hand, the patterns that she was involved in the patterns that she was creating within herself. And then Mm -hmm. now that you guys have that foundation, we're going to move forward and talk about the things that we noticed within Allie and the things that you guys can do to utilize these principles. If you might be in a similar position, because I have so many achievers, so many three wing twos like Allie is, um, who are my clients and who are people who watch, watch and listen to this podcast, um, into my content. So moving forward, um, we're going to chat a little bit about how we got from that stuck position of what we felt like in those moments or what you might be feeling like in those moments, listeners to how we got to happier and healthier now. Cause I think that's really um, what is the most important thing. So Allie, um, when was the moment that you realized that you were putting what I I was kind of taking some notes as you were talking, when you noticed the, the moment that you were putting a immense amount of pressure on yourself that you were not created to carry 
Um, and when you realize like, oh my gosh, I don't have to do everything. Like this isn't, not everything is my responsibility. Cause I think a lot of achievers feel that way and they're not always great at, like you said, delegating and realizing that you don't have to take on every burden as your own. Twos also really struggle with that, but also just humans struggle with that. Um, and for those of you listening who don't know what we're referring to, we're referring to the Enneagram. Um, <laughs> you guys can go take that test online. So Allie, how did you, uh, what was that moment like when you were realizing that you were putting so much pressure on yourself and how have you, um, since then learned how to take off some of those burdens and kind of center yourself to right. become a healthier version of yourself mentally and emotionally? Yeah. So about two years ago, it was, um, Thanksgiving and it was, like I said, that first, that was the beginning of the harder season my mom and I went through. We weren't living together anymore and it was, Thanksgiving at her family's house. So she was having a bit of a rough time and it kind of spread to me. I knew that she was going through some stresses and then I took them on because I, I tend to do that. I tend to take on the emotions of people around me. So she was having a tough time. I got very overwhelmed. I decided to leave, not in like a bad way or anything, but I was like, hey, like I'm going to go visit my dad's family which, and they were celebrating about an hour away. And I had a panic attack, like a really, my first like really big, really bad, like the whole world is crashing down. I can't get air in my lungs. Panic attack. I drove with like, it was November, Thanksgiving, you know? So the windows were down. I'm like, I have the car, the air is on. I'm sweating. I'm upset. I'm driving probably too fast. My aunt's going to listen to this and be upset. <laughs> it's fine. All is well. But, um, so I got to my dad's family's house and I, I couldn't breathe. I, it was just this overwhelming, like, I can't do this anymore. I officially am like, I can't, I can't carry this weight anymore. I can't take on everyone else's burden. Cause I, I don't feel like I can survive doing this any longer. You know, like I'm at a breaking point. So that was my big moment of like, I, I can't do this. And then I, everything like snowballed after that, a positive snowball, good things came, but I decided to transfer from where I was. I was going to college in Staten Island and I decided to transfer to a college in New Jersey, which meant I wouldn't be living on a college campus anymore. I'm now living with my aunt and my grandma on my dad's side. And um, it's one of the best decisions I've ever made for myself because for the first time I haven't been, I haven't felt that I need to take care of everything. I've felt that like I can kind of take a back seat and take care of myself, you know, and then things around me will kind of fall into place. So for me, that's looked like, you know, reading more, spending a little less time micromanaging those around me. I do a lot of yoga. I recently found that if I'm not doing like heavy weightlifting or intense cardio, I'm crazy during the week. So mm -hmm. you'll find me working out. <laughs> you'll find me sweating. Mm -hmm. But um, it's spending a lot more time with my dog, spending a lot more time in the sunshine. It's little things that I found that like taking a moment and being like, you are good. You're good where you are. Mm -hmm. To love someone you have to let go is where I've kind of, yeah, that was my big moment. So, um, I want to highlight that moment. So you obviously asked yourself some questions and made a huge shift in your life to yeah. get a new college, you know, basically start over, flip the page yeah. of the past and mm -hmm. move forward. Um, how important is it in those moments where maybe somebody's feeling like they're under a microscope or whatever their current living situation is, is maybe not safe or not productive or not positive. Um, how did you end up gaining the courage to ask yourself those tough questions and move forward and end up making that decision for yourself that that to even get the clarity that that was what your life needed at that moment. 
Yeah. And honestly, I wish I had a more dramatic and exciting answer for this, but I can't say that I, in those moments where I made the decisions, I didn't have the courage to ask it. was I wish I had asked myself those questions sooner and not gotten to the point where I got, Hmm. but it was at that point, it was like, if I don't make a change, I, I won't make it through like the end of this week, you know, like I, I can't go on like this. So (laughs) this is, this is funny. I hope you all get a giggle from this. I was sitting in my childhood psychology class. I was uh, a special education major my first year of college. And um, I was in a lecture on childhood depression. And I was like, I was like, you know, wow. Maybe I should transfer colleges. I was like, maybe this, and it was my favorite class I'd ever taken at that college. I was like, gosh, you know, like this is, this is my favorite class. My favorite teacher. She made us cookies. I love her. Wow. I was like, you know, I can't, something is wrong here and I don't know what it is. And then all of a sudden it was like, I blacked out and I'm filling out an app. And I, I know that sounds dramatic, but I really don't know how I got from point A to point B, but mm-hmm. I was filling out an application to Montclair state. And I texted my aunt and I was like, Hey, I'm sending an application to Montclair, you know, and it wasn't even like, a, I think I'm moving in with you. It was just like, a, I'm sending the application and we will figure it out as we go. Wow. And it's kind of been like a constant in my life where I have been like, you know what? <sighs> I don't know what I'm doing yet, but I know that I will figure it out as I go through it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's really powerful. And I think that maybe I didn't give myself enough credit for it earlier on that I have this ability. And I think we all have this ability to put ourselves in situations that stress ourselves, that, you know, make us really stressed and really yeah. kind of test us. But in those moments are where you are able to find what you can and can't do. Yeah. You know, if I hadn't gone through some of those like stressful situation. If I hadn't had that panic attack on Thanksgiving, I never would have said, look what you were able to do. You got there yourself. You were able to talk to your family about it. You know, I wouldn't have then been able to say, if I can get through that, I can get through this. Yeah. So good. And you know, what's so funny. I think with every leader, um, Ali, you and I talked about this, even when I just, uh, flew to New Jersey, I can't believe that was like a week, you know, it feels like a year ago. It's okay. (laughs) Um, but I think honestly, as dumb as it sounds and as cliche as it sounds, the darkest, it's the darkest before the dawn is such a true statement. Oh, amen. Sometimes your life literally has to go to hell in a hay basket in order for you to wake up, whether it's a bad toxic relationship, which we've talked about, whether it's a situation where you're just unsafe. You guys, for those of you listening, don't wait until you have to Don't be like me. Don't be like me. (laughs) Uh, And I want to talk about this. So so that's my story too, right? We, I think in our gut alley, um, we always know what is the right thing. And you and I were talking right before this. And obviously when I was, you know, coaching you just to give you guys some insight, Allie is incredibly discerning. She's got huge prophetic gifts. She like, (laughs) <laughs> you know what that meant and that'll be for a different podcast but it'll be a good podcast I'll come back on for that one right yeah <laughs> she, she hears from the Holy Spirit like he talks to her all the time she didn't even know that that's what that was I didn't know what that's what that was but now yeah. I do thank yeah. you <laughs> she, she's killing it all the time the Holy Spirit talks to her but um you told me before the podcast every opportunity you've created for yourself it was unfortunate but when the opportunity presents itself you have to go for it and trust your gut mm-hmm. give the people listening a little bit of insight of maybe what that looks like. Like, what does that voice sound like in your head? And yeah, how, absolutely. How do you, what's that knowing of trusting your gut and can people trust their gut before it's a dire situation or does yes. your gut only talk to you when it's like live or die? Talk to us about Absolutely. That. Yes. And I have to backtrack again. I have to 
reference my mom because my mom is a superstar when it comes to this. She is Mm -hmm. such a powerhouse and she takes opportunities that come her way all the time. My mom is still, my mom also, I should have said this. My mom is doing well. We are both doing great. She's working. We're killing it. Everything is great. Love you, mommy. Mm -hmm. Thank you for making me me. But back to the question. I was listening. My pageant girls. I did hear it. Uh, (laughs) I did hear it. Don't worry. Um, Yeah. So every internship opportunity I've had and professional opportunity I've had or opportunity for growth, I have essentially put myself in. I don't know if you're all going to like this, but I read the book Lean In and it's about, you know, kind of stepping into your power as a woman in a professional setting. And, um, I really kind of resonate with that. And it's just, it's been like a, you know what? I want this. I'm going to go for it. Even if I don't plan that I want it, it just kind of falls in my lap. For instance, I'm working with Megan and like, you know, she said she flew to New Jersey about a week ago Mm -hmm. and uh, I was about to start singing and that was going to be embarrassing. So I'm glad I stopped myself. Singing. I was about to, what's that stupid song about a week ago? (laughs) That's what I was about to start singing. Oh, but I did it. Okay. Here I am embarrassed. Anyway. Continuing on, uh, she flew about a week ago to New Jersey, and we were just kind of life coaching, talking about business, talking about you know growth in social media. I'm obsessed with all Megan does, and she's a powerhouse. I want to learn from her, pick her brain. And then we were chit chatting. We were having dinner, gluten free pizza at a mame, mm-hmm. and uh, I was like, "Well, have you ever thought about you know doing this, this, and this on social media?" She's like, "No." And then before I could even realize the words were coming out of my mouth, I was like, "Well, do you want an intern?" I was like. Oh, <laughs> I can't believe that came out of my mouth. <laughs> but, you know, it doesn't have to take a whole lot of courage to ask for what you want. Yeah. You don't have to feel like you're being really brave. I think that we are super concerned that what people are going to think of us if we do it. And here I am blessing you with this today. No one is paying attention to you. There it is. That's my nugget for the day. Mm-hmm. Everyone is paying attention to themselves. No one is paying attention to you. Mm-hmm. And I've kind of learned that the only way to get positive attention is to put yourself in the middle of it. So, you know, I've asked for opportunities just this past October. I was flown to San Diego for a, um, public relations professional conference. It's a collegiate branch of a professional organization called public relations student society of America. I was flown there on behalf of my school and behalf of my college's chapter. Mm -hmm. And I had to ask for that because I was told that only two of the three executive board positions were being we're going to be going and the president and vice president are going to be chosen. And I said, um, what about me? <laughs> so I had to ask and then I went, but if I hadn't asked, I wouldn't have gone. Come on. So everybody, what I'm telling you is don't be embarrassed. Don't be afraid. The worst thing that's going to happen is they're going to say no. And then what? They're going to move on. They're going to forget about it. You're going to be a little sad, but go get some chocolate, go for a run and ask for the next one. Yeah. And honestly, how many situations are left on the table um, where we are just so afraid to ask. And also like, if you get a no, great, like go keep asking and keep being successful and make that person regret telling you a no later. I really fundamentally believe that you are only told no to opportunities that are not, that are not yours. Yeah. You know what I mean? I believe with my whole heart, my whole body, my whole soul that you every single time, if you ask for something and it is meant to help you grow, it is meant to help you learn. It is meant to better your life. It will come to you. You will get it. Maybe it's not that first time, but it will circle back and it will be yours. What is for you shall not pass you. Yeah, that's so good. So with everything that you've been through, Allie, how did you gain, like, how do you continually gain the courage to be able to ask for things? How do you get over 
the fact that somebody might say no? Like, how do you get over not caring about like self-rejection and allowing that to seep mm -hmm. in more than just that being a moment and allowing it to seep into your identity, especially with what you've been through and what you previously used to carry on your shoulders every day. How can you give our listeners some advice of how they can yeah. um, keep pressing on? I am not by any means a pro at this. I still sometimes I'm like, wow, you know, it's really easy to take to heart a no and, and hear that they are not turning down. Hmm. Let me think of how to put this eloquently. You know, they're not saying no to you as a person. They're saying no to you as a position. Yeah. You know, so you shouldn't take it as a personal attack. It's, it's not about you. It's really a hundred percent not about you. Yeah. I was just reading, this is a little off topic from your question, but I feel like valuable to the discussion. I was just reading um, a book and it was like, what makes you reactive is an emotional wound that's like asking to be healed. Mm -hmm. And I would find that if people told me no, I, or and not even know in like professional settings, if it was just like, yeah. if someone was mad at me, yeah. if, you know, someone was yelling at me, it was like, oh my gosh, I'm a, I'm a bad person yeah. and I'm doing something fundamentally wrong, you know? Yeah. And then I realized I'm like, wow, you know what? That is not true. And I'm reacting like this because of things I've gone through. So for me, it was like kind of being self-aware in that aspect and being like, you know what? Not every no is that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. And on like the, you were speaking about courage. I am surrounded by these like amazing and powerful and influential women. My grandma, my aunt, my other aunts, my mom, my maternal grandma, you know, like I'm surrounded by these women who are yeah, they just dominate and everything they do. They are so powerful. They are so unafraid. They've gone through things that, you know, I'm like nobody should be going through, you know, but they do and they do it with a smile on their face and they do it while taking care of others. And I have like a bit of a servant's heart. So my thing is I, like, you know, like I could get upset if I get a no, but you know what, that's not where my talents are needed. So someone else somewhere else needs me. So I don't, I don't have the time to waste on being sad when I could be using that time helping someone else. You know, like I could be using the time I have to work on the animal shelters that I work with, with the donation organization I started, or, you know, working on whatever it might be. I just, I don't have the time to sit around and be upset yeah. when I don't have all that much time. Yep. You know, the time I do have, I need to spend in positive places. Yeah. I think a huge, if I could sum up what you just said, it's that, we can't allow our circumstances and the results to define our identity. We have yeah. to always walk in with our identity being unchanging. I always tell my clients, like you have to walk into an interview. You have to walk into every situation. You have to walk into a first date. You have to walk into your first day of class. You have to walk into all these different things with the notion that I'm a 10 out of 10 or an 11 out of 10 or whatever the heck works for you. A 13. Yeah, exactly. If that's your favorite. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, that, that can't change regardless of anyone's opinions of you. And oftentimes, right. you know, we are literally conditioned in society to change so often based off of trying to please everybody. And I've been reading a, a book recently that talks about how you can free yourself from that. And when you free yourself from the cares of other people and understand that not everyone needs to be in your life, not everyone needs to speak into your life. Not everybody has a right to, you know, there's there's value in keeping things close to the chest. There's value in privacy. There's value in having two best friends that, you know, have your back, whether you have no makeup on and sweatpants and your hair in a bun, like who's the kind of person that you're going to run to Walmart to, to get ice right. at 10 PM. You know what I mean? Um, don't go by yourself to Walmart. If you're a female, yeah. no, no, no. Um, call somebody if you're going to yeah. go. Yeah. 
the scary world but, out there. You know, who are those people? That's so important to know. And that yeah. brings me to my next question, Allie. So obviously, like you asked even just to be here today, and we were planning on doing a podcast before you even asked to be an intern, which is amazing. Um, but do you think that, cause you kind of, you, you just summarize like the people in your life have made a huge reason as to why you are who you are and why you've been able to do what you want to do. So how important is it for people in their life to seek out like officially oh. even, like a, a coach or a mentor or making sure that you have somebody to get coffee with? Mm-hmm. And, um, I have a little comment after this that I'll speak to this, but do you think that that's important and how did you even get started having people speaking into your life? Yeah. Yes. Yes. I can't speak enough on the fact of you are who you surround yourself with. And if that's, you know, surrounding yourself personally in your everyday life, or if that's who you're following on social media, it is such a powerful tool and it can really, really hurt if you're not using it correctly, Mm -hmm. you know? So there was like a, um, around the same time as my mom, I was not in a good relationship and like, I wasn't, I wasn't really taking care of myself there either, you know, because like I was just pouring into everybody else. And then I was following all these people on social media that reminded me of this or that or this or that. And they were friends that weren't my friends. They were friends that were brought into my life by this, you know, this other situation. And yeah. so then one day I was like, you know what? Not anymore. I was like, I am not putting my energy. I'm not giving my power to those who don't like deserve it, you know? So I unfollowed everybody, anybody, even people who I know for a fact were going to be offended by it. But that is not our problem. Their offense of your action is not your problem. If it's for your health, you go for it. So whatever, I followed a bunch of people and then I started following motivational speakers. I started following Rachel Hollis. Can't speak enough good. That is my girlfriend, her husband and their child, their children, but especially their little baby Noah. Uh, They're so cute. So I started following people who really like poured into me and poured into themselves. And it was really inspirational to watch a bunch of people do the things that I wanted to do. And then by seeing them do what I wanted to do, I was like, well, what is my first step? What can I do? Mm-hmm. You know? So you have to really kind of seek out those people. If that's on social media or if that's, you know, in real life, I was on the phone with Megan one day, we were talking about pageant coaching. And I was like, you know, like, I, I don't think I want to do pageants right now. I was like, but you know what, here's what I need. Mm-hmm. I was like, here's who you are. And here's what I really need from you. What can we do to make this happen? And then it happened. And now I'm an intern. So, yeah. you know, it's really kind of, opening your eyes to seeing what you need and then looking for those people. You find what you look for. So if you're looking for, if you're looking for something to kind of mirror the negative place you're in, which I did for a long time, you find it. But if you look for people who are ahead of you, who are doing the same thing you want to do, who have the ability to help you, you find them. And then you send them a DM, you give them a call you just check their stories every day. It's this like super inspiring and the super amazing tool that a lot of people don't use. And it's at their fingertips. They're on the platforms anyway. Mm -hmm. Y'all unfollow everybody. I don't like, (laughs) unfollow them all. Get rid of them. Everybody (laughs) block them. Except for us. (laughs) (laughs) Me and Megan. Thank you. Love it. So what I love about what you just said is, um, I really think that all of that stems down to who you see in the mirror every day. Yes. Telling people to do 8 million things is phenomenal, but they won't have the courage to, they won't have the confidence Mm. to, if you don't believe in the internal dialogue that it's even has the possibility of working. I absolutely questions, um, girls all the time. How do I get over comparison? Even boys, boys will reach out to me, man, I'm comparing myself to this dude or, 
oh my gosh, like I'll never be like him. And I, you know, or I would just beg the question, like, why did, why do you want to be like that? Why does it matter? Why does it matter? But you're trained well, to cheap seats. Don't get an opinion. Yeah. Come on. That's so good. And so for those of you guys listening, I just really want to encourage you like honing in on those people who are speaking into your life. That does include yeah. social media. And you know, and talks about that and they need to, Yep. you know what I mean? Like if I didn't unfollow a bunch of people, I wouldn't have been able to say like, you know, I don't want to be this person anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, like if I didn't say that, Ooh, like if, if I wasn't aware enough to be like, this is the person I want to be. I never would have like stopped consuming that media that hurt my feelings. Yeah. Get rid of it. Yeah, totally. And those people are speaking into your life, even if you don't think that they are. Even if you, even if you look at a post and it's a picture of them and their best friend who you used to hang out with yep. and it hurts your feelings, it is damaging your mental health. If yep. by any means it causes any kind of emotional reaction in you that doesn't make you happy, it should not be on your feed. Yeah. Thank you for coming to my TED talk. Yeah. I am angry about it. <laughs> That's so true. It's so Get true. Rid of it. If it causes any reaction, it makes you nervous. If it makes you uncomfortable, if it brings up old memories, which <laughs> that was a big one for me. If anything at all stirs you from the moment you're in, it shouldn't be on your feet. Unfollow them. Yep. And that, again, it all stems back to, and I know you guys listening, like I harp on this all the time, but it all stems back to your personal worth. Okay. So let's ask the yes. question, why do I not do that? Why do I, I want to be? Them? Why do I continue to follow my ex on Instagram if you do that? Why do you don't. do that? It's because you're, you're trying to live in the past because you don't value the person that you are in the present. And so the more that you value the person that you are in the present and understand that where you've been is not where you're going, unless it's a decision that you're making, mm-hmm. then great. Guess who gets to take 100% responsibility for that? Mm-hmm. No one else but you. You are in 100% control of your life. But what we do is we give away our power all the time by allowing all these things that come through our five physical senses, which God gave to us to be emotional motivators, but they're going to utilize either. They're going to be utilized either for you or against you. It's just like what you read, what you look at, what you do, all these things, you're, you're renewing your mind, you're renewing your soul, you're renewing your spirit in every moment. And so you guys like give yourself, um, a chance, give yourself a chance by, if you want to move forward, you're going to stay stuck. And what we want to do is we want to help you get unstuck by teaching you why you are stuck in the first place. And back to your other point, Allie, you know, I really believe that. And I used to ask this question all the time. So, well, I really want mentors in my life. And you know, when you're a go-getter, like you said, you were straight A's, you know, you're, you're self-motivated, a self-starter. You're the one who's reading the books and doing the thing. I think one of the, the hardest things, even for a lot of my audience is they feel like they're at the top of their game. They feel like they're the one who are pouring into all their friend groups. It can be really yeah. hard to find a group of people yeah. that actually challenge them because I'm challenging myself all the time. And I've walked through that a lot recently. And so I firmly believe with every bit of who I am um, in the quote that says, when the mentee is ready, the mentor shows up. I recently, even just this weekend, was able, I was invited to a Christian influencers conference um, that was fully paid for. They flew me out there. You know, everything was paid for for the whole weekend. And, and it was in a matter of three weeks that we had secured this deal. And I went there and I got to meet 50 other influential young Christians that are incredible, incredible people. And I was the least influential person in the room. And that was such an incredible experience for me. And there are probably five people in that room that I had followed for over five years that have significantly more followings than I do that have been on The Bachelor or former Miss USA's or all these different things. And in a moment, because I said yes to an opportunity 
that I could have said no to because I was like, oh, well, I'm not worthy or I'm scared or I'm not as good as them or I don't have all the details because um, it was kind of ambiguous on purpose because we were launching a brand new thing that they couldn't tell us a whole lot about. If right. I would have had the courage and my internal dialogue would have been off you guys, guess who would have said no to the opportunity and guess who now would not be close personal friends with Miss USA, Kristen Dalton and Josh Murray, who was you know, on The Bachelor two different times and all these incredible right. people that maybe I wouldn't have put myself in the same playing field as, right? Like, oh my gosh, or I would have had to pay just to talk to Kristen Dalton. But now she's texting me, you know, every day and we're buddies, you know, and that's amazing, right? Like God can do that in a moment, but you have to see yourself as a person who's worthy of that or else those opportunities are going to be driving by you like cars every day. And you're like, wow, I really, I really wish that a taxi would pick me up, but you've never even stuck out your finger to say, Hey, I need a ride. You know, and you're just letting all these things just blaze by you every single day. You guys, what I want to teach you today is that it's not disrespectful to set boundaries in your life. Um, it's not arrogant to set those boundaries in your life because if you accept everything, you, it's like in business. I can't be a coach of everyone and everything. Guess what? If I am trying to coach a lumberjack who lives in a town of 400 people who likes to chop wood every day and has no interest in social media, I'm probably not going to have a whole lot to offer them. And that is okay. Right. It's perfectly okay. Okay. So you guys listening today, I hope that Allie's story inspires you and what we've told you inspires you that you guys, like you got to know who you even want your people to be. You got to define like what direction you even want to go in you guys. And don't ask for everything. Right. But no. set that plan for like, Oh my gosh, I really look up to Allie DeForge. I've been following her on social media for three years. And you know what? I don't even know what she has, but I want it. And so guess what? Ask yourself this question. What is one thing that I could do to get closer to figuring that out? What is one thing I can do? Don't eat the elephant, but ask yourself, okay, should I DM her? Or is that weird? Or Always DM, DM her, right? You're like, if I did DM her, like what would be language that would make sense? What is, and right. here's what I would say. Um, I know I'm like taking over this conversation, but here's what I would say too. Like just a word of the wise, if you are going to DM somebody, that's not the answer to everything. Okay. Like if they have an email that they're super influential, like they're not going to DM you back, but they'll probably have like a PR email that you can email their people or whatever, get in touch with them use the proper channels. But if you have around the same following or they have under a hundred thousand followers, chances are is that they will actually message you back. So Absolutely. don't message them and grovel. Don't message them and like overly and abundantly be like, Oh my gosh, you're Jesus. Like, cause that's weird. Like if you were to meet somebody in person, you probably wouldn't act that way. Okay. So like, please be a normal person. And yeah, you can affirm them and say, Hey Allie, like I listened to your podcast. I've been following your content. I'm really inspired by your story. Um, I'm going through something similar, share a tiny little bit about yourself and just say, Hey, do you think that we could, and then make your ask, like whatever that is, if it's, Hey, could we hop on a 15 minute phone call? Or, Hey, could I ask you a couple more questions about this specifically? Because I'm walking through this right now and would love your perspective, right? Like those, those types of questions you guys are going to instantly get you closer to something that maybe you have been just like battling in your mind for months, but the answer was right in front of you the whole time, but right. you didn't value yourself enough or maybe have the practical skills of how to facilitate these things. But you guys, it is so much easier to like make progress than you think it is. You just have to continue to be faithful to put one foot in front of another. And that's mm -hmm. a reflection of who you are as a person, who you believe that you are as a person, not who you just are as a person. So right. that is my Ted talk. That was, <laughs> I subscribed to that TED Talk. I subscribed. I love that one.
Thank you. I appreciate it. Something that really helped me kind of like position myself is like, you know, I don't really feel (laughs) like I said, I am queen of like, I don't really deserve this. I don't really like I'm an imposter. Like I definitely struggle a lot with like imposter syndrome. Yeah. Talk to us about that. That's super. What girl doesn't honestly and truly, I believe everyone listening right now. Oh, oh, I could talk about this for a whole podcast, but I won't bore you. But in every situation, all of them, even ones that I know I worked so hard for, I know I deserve them. I'm like, I didn't do enough. I probably don't deserve this. I don't really deserve that prep. Like I don't deserve that praise. I don't deserve that credit when you know you do, Mm. but that's a different conversation. However, something that really helped me and like something that, cause like I said, I am not perfect. And I deal with a lot of these struggles literally and truly every day, like everything we're talking about today, I like to talk about like, you know, in hindsight, but I am still dealing with today, every day, all day, working on positive self-talk. Like I'm not the best at it. Mm -hmm. I'm trying, but something that really helps me still today. And I use a lot is like, who do I want to be in five years? If Allie in five years, Allie at 25 years old, would she say yes? Probably. Mm -hmm. So take it. Mm-hmm. If it's not putting me, if it's not one step closer to the woman I want to be when I'm a mom, when I'm a wife, when I am a millionaire, because I will be, <laughs> if I'm not, you know, all these, <laughs> we love that snap. You know, if I'm, if it's not putting me closer to these things, first of all, I'm not doing it. Why am I, doing- yeah. I am just learning now that I don't owe anything to anybody who's not like immediately in my circle. And that's not saying you're selfish. You know, there's that quote, don't walk a mile for someone who wouldn't jump in a puddle for you. I'm ruining it, but you get it. Whatever. Don't cross an ocean. Yes, you should cross the ocean. Spread as much love as you can. I fundamentally believe that the world needs more, but give it as much as you can. Give to those who need it, but you don't need to give all of you. Mm -hmm. I mean, like set five fundamental things. You're like, here, I like animals. I like women. I like women's empowerment, you know, and I am going to give to animal shelters, women's shelters, and I'm going to focus my energies onto sharing stories that are going to help women grow the way I want it to grow, you know? And then you pour your energy into those things. Yes. But, you know, that's it's so much easier said than done because sometimes that's so overwhelming, that's so daunting and so scary. But if you envision yourself, if you envision yourself 10 years from now, five years from now, yeah. 30 years from now, as that woman, and you start acting as her, because you are already hurt. Everything you are going to be in 30 years is inside of you right here, right now. You are just not tapping into it. You yeah. are that woman and that woman is calling you and putting you on the right path to get you to be her. I yep. promise you she's waiting for you. Yes. I promise you she's there. And even if you feel like you're failing right now, she doesn't think you are. Yes. Another TED Talk. But, you know, like you have to imagine yourself as her and then start acting as her because you won't tap into her until you do. Yeah. I love that so much. Um, I'm like, in Jesus name, amen. So I feel like we're just getting into like who we really are as people. We've like unwound a little bit and now yeah, like, we've kind of like calmed down and now we're <laughs> rest of it. And then just like start listening in the last five minutes. <laughs> but yeah, honestly, skip through all of it. <laughs> Don't hear my boring stuff. <laughs> just skip to the end where me and Megan are yelling in Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm. But what you were saying is so important. Um, and I have like one or two more questions after this, but acting as if is so important. So for those of you guys listening, okay, things that were difficult when this is going to sound elementary, literally, but we're going to make it make sense. So things that were difficult to you when you were five are not difficult to you anymore. Okay. I used to be petrified of driving and I now I'm a gypsy, honestly and truly and drive the whole wide world. And it's like stupid little things like that. I'm interrupting you. I'm sorry. I'm a bad podcast guest, but like, 
when I work out, I used to literally not be able to do one squat. Like not one. And now when I do it, my trainer's like, look at what you can do. Yes. Do it. Yeah. Well, not I don't think that made sense, but it felt like it needed to come out. So <laughs> here it is. That's exactly where I was going. So like the Bible says in, um, mm. gosh, where is it? It says without a vision, the people perish. I want to say it's Malachi. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, yes, it's in Malachi. Without a vision, people perish. Okay. It says mm-hmm. write the vision, make it plain. So the reason why that's so important is because you are visualizing the version of yourself that you want to be every single day, whether that is positive or negative, and you are in 100% control of that. So on average, people have between 30,000 and 120,000, 150,000, actually, I think it is, thoughts per day. Um, I am absolutely 150,000. Same, yeah. Boys have Like, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm like, I'm creating new levels of what... I'm on, like, the... I'm on the expert level. (laughs) I'm 200,000 million a day. Exactly. And I can't stop them. That's a different conversation. Exactly. So, but we are in control of those thoughts because those thoughts create emotions, which create your actions, which create your results. The only thing that you can't control is your circumstances. But you guys, once you learn to take that power back, that's why you got to listen to these podcasts. It's not so I can hear myself talk. It's not so I can interview cool people, although I get to do that, right? Like I tell my clients all the time, I'm like, yo, if you are not consuming content that is free, we live in the information age where you can literally get an answer to anything most likely for free. Guess what? People hire mentors because they sometimes, this is how I work. Okay. I need to pay someone to tell me what to do. Sometimes I need accountability. I need accountability. And that's, what's so beautiful is when you can, again, when the mentee is ready, the mentor shows up, you guys ding, ding, ding. If you're listening today and you're like, Oh, well, I just really like wish I had a sign from God. You guys, what are you? I'm your sign. I'm yelling at you. Yeah. I am yelling at you. I'm the sign here. Alex I'm literally, scr- I'm screaming at your faces. <laughs> I'm the yeah. sign. <laughs> like I'm screaming. <laughs> Love it. And mm. so sometimes you guys, you just need to open your eyes and realize that again, like I said, those cars are passing by you, but you're not even sticking your thumb out or calling an Uber. And then you're like, wow, I really wish there were Ubers. It's like, wow, I'm walking in the rain. Why didn't I call a car? I don't know. Why didn't you call the car? Yeah, exactly. You're walking in the rain. You forgot an umbrella. Call a car. Exactly. So you guys just, we want to encourage you to take more responsibility for your life. and not in a condemning way, but in a way where it's like, you guys, life is so much better when you're playing offense. Like it really Mm. is. So we've walked through stuff. You guys have heard my story a million times. That's why I'm bringing on more people who are interesting and unique and have been through awesome things. Um, but you guys can be in the driver's seat. It doesn't matter what you've been through. That stuff is in the past, but you guys create a vision for where you want to go in your future. It's going to be really hard for you to stay on your front foot rather than your back foot if you're not even trying to set forth that vision, if you're not looking at it every day, there are some different life coaches that even say that you should write out your top 10 goals. Here, do you see my dream board? That's right. And meditate on it. And then if you can't write those things out from memory, then then you're probably not going to achieve them because they're not vivid enough in your brain um, for them to actually come to pass. So my final question for you, um, Allie, is what is the biggest piece of advice that you'd like to give others who are starting their personal development or coaching journey? Oof, that's a big question. Or multiple um, pieces of advice. And here I am trying to think, what did I need to hear a year ago? A yeah. year ago, I needed to hear that it's okay to not know what you need. Mm. Honestly, because I didn't know what I needed. Mm. All I needed, all I knew was that I needed a change. I needed to get out of some things I was in. I needed to move in the right direction, but I didn't know what direction that was. And I don't know. I found that by 
consuming positive media, by asking for help, Mm -hmm. by talking to my loved ones, you know, I was able to say, what is weighing so heavy on me? What is the problem that I need to fix? It was for me being really gentle with myself, being really slow in my pursuit of like growth and happiness. Mm -hmm. You know, it was, it was a really like, it was, it was a really slow process and I had to be really kind to myself because, you know, like I said, three, two, I am an achiever. I like things to be really quick. I'm pretty impatient. I want success to happen right away. And like, I am still so hard on myself because I'm not where I wanted to be, you know, but it's for me, it's, like on my dream board right over there, and not all of you can see this, but maybe if we post a video, you'll see. My biggest quote on my dream board is, you used to pray for where you are right now. Wow, so good. You know, and like I really did, like for so much of what I went through, I was like, you know, all I, I just really want to feel you know, I want to have a regular gym routine because for me, that was like, I didn't have the ability because first of all, I didn't have the time. Second of all, I didn't have, you know, the knowledge. Mm. Now I have that where I used to pray, like, I I can't wait to go live with Mona and Julie. And now I do, you know, it's like all these little things. And I think it's that becoming aware of what you have already accomplished kind of gives you that like fire under your butt Mm. to say, you did this. Maybe you don't know what you need yet, but start really small and you'll get to where you want to go. Even if you're not sure exactly what that is yet, mm-hmm. because I don't really, I'm still in that season of, I know that I'm growing. I know I'm moving, but where am I going? Yeah. So yeah, I just kind of take it day by day, move and groove. Yeah. Move and groove. Move and groove. And, and I think too, um, as you like the biggest thing is, and I posted this on Instagram today, but it's like, you're not stuck because you're not a tree. And right. it's so important right. to keep moving because God mm-hmm. will help show you the next step. And you and I talked about this too, Allie, when mm-hmm. we were together, but it's like, I think so often we criticize ourselves for not knowing the end result when mm-hmm. again, then what we're doing is we're, we're meditating and building a vision on the fact that we're inadequate rather than focusing on things like, Hey, Colonel Sanders didn't start KFC till he was in his sixties. You know, other people who have been extremely successful who didn't have it all figured out at the beginning too, or meditate on the fact, which just means think on like rehearse in your mind, meditate on the fact that people failed a thousand times, right. Before they invented kind bars, you know, or the people on shark tank, who I love like rehearse, like rehearse in your mind, go read their books, go read their autobiographies, go read all the different things that they tried before they got their big win. Because the only difference between leaders and people who don't really do a whole lot with their life, honestly, I think is the amount of times that you're willing to try things. Like, and oh. what I found is that people have such analysis paralysis or s- such negative self-talk that it's not even that they failed. Honestly, they're so afraid of failure that they don't even do anything. They don't even, they don't even fail. And so I promise you guys, like there's so much beauty in, like we've talked about today, what is, what could be perceived as a failure in the moment is just really results that you're gathering and processing through to be able to utilize for operating in greater wisdom in the future, because we need the wisdom that we gain through life experience. There's a reason why sitting down with an 80 year old is going to be a lot different than sitting down with an eight year old. And it's not even necessarily that God made them differently. It's just that they have 80 years of life experience where they've seen some things they've had to walk through some fire and, decide how they were going to come out from that. And so you guys, for those of you guys listening, no matter where you're at on your personal development journey, 
it is absolutely crucial that you are watching what you put in your eye gates, your ear gates, you know, that you're speaking, that you're, that you're hearing, that you're watching all these different things because it's creating your life. And if you don't think that you're, that that's the way that it goes, then good luck. Just watch the next couple months of your life because it will be um, a reflection of, of the world around you. And so I just want to encourage you guys today to get back on offense. And I hope that you were um, uplifted by Allie's story today and what we've talked about. I hope that you were activated to start asking and taking some action because no matter what you guys have been through, um, I promise you, like there's a new page that has nothing written on it that is ready for you to write whatever story that you want it to be. But that starts with you defining, okay, what do I even feel led to do next? Even if it's only one more step ahead of you, I promise you that if you really get in tune with yourself and ask the Holy Spirit, you know what you should do next. Even if it doesn't seem like it's that significant and that it's going to get you to that end dream. Um, like Ali said, she never thought that just hiring me as a life coach, hiring me as a mentor in her life, yeah, what? Would helping you know other steps in her life. But here we are today. So Ali, do you have any, um, I'd love for you just to kind of give our listeners some closing thoughts, some closing encouragement. Yeah. Um, and then we'll end this episode. Yeah. I, you know, a lot of you guys listening, I don't, I don't know what you're going through, but if, you are going through something that's really hard. I know it's so easy to be like, oh, a new chapter's coming, a new chapter's coming, but just know that you will get through it and it will end. Mm-hmm. And you know, I went through a ugh, a seven, I'm still going through it. I can't even say it's in the past, you know, a seven year season that I did not think would end, mm-hmm. but things are different and things will get better. And I am inspired by all of you. I don't have to know your stories. I know what the feelings are like, mm-hmm. you know, so I know what you're going through. Yeah, I know how it might feel. And I'm really, I'm amazed that I get to speak to all of you. And I thank you so much for listening to me today. And I can't thank everyone enough, especially mommy, who's probably going to hear this and maybe want to rip my hair out. But we love you, mommy. <laughs> oh my gosh. Guys, new plan. We're going to have a whole separate podcast where Allie's just funny the whole time because you guys didn't even get to hear the half of it. Oh, no, she- yeah. I, ha- I, yeah, that's honestly true. I'm going to give myself some credit. I am kind of funny. So. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's ridiculous. I'm on a podcast called Allie Making Self Deprecating Jokes. Yeah, there you go. And that's not negative self talk because usually I don't like it, but sometimes <laughs> I'm funny when I make fun of myself. So. Right. Really what needs to happen is you need to walk around with like a selfie cam and like figure out what your thing needs to be if you like obnoxiously like interacting with humans in public, but like that's also where you're the funniest. I, thank you. That's my calling is interacting with people. So I don't believe that I went through my, whatever, my little spat to go through because I do like to be very aware that what I went through was not what other people go through. I'm so blessed to have the life I do have. And I don't think that you go through anything that's not for you. You know, I believe life happens to you. No, that's a lie. I believe life happens for you, not to you. Yeah. Come on. You know, so I don't, I don't believe that. I'm thankful for everything and anything I could have gone through. I'm so blessed and I'm so grateful because now I have the ability to help or just to talk to other people. Mm -hmm. You know, I just think that even if it's by being funny or being you know, obsessed with my chocolate lab, whatever it might be. I think that I go through all these things or went through them or, you know, talk a lot to maybe resonate one little thing with someone. So thank you for listening, listening to me blabber for 45 minutes. Hopefully you found one wisdom of nugget, even if it's on follow your ex. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. So everyone, uh, you can follow Allie on Instagram at Allie DeForge. Just your name. Just my name. 
Perfect. The one and only. Or you can follow, oh my God, you can follow a lot of things. I run um, a donation organization that works with animal shelters in my state. And maybe, hopefully, if I ever graduate college, other states, but I don't know if I'll ever get there. College is tough. <laughs> um, it's called Wags and Wishes. And you'll see a lot of cute pictures of my chocolate lab named Wyatt and all the different things we're doing. We are currently hosting a donation drive. So, perfect. At Wags and Wishes org. That is my plug. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> well, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. Thank you for letting me talk. I appreciate all of you. Be yeah. kind. Be nice to each other. Send some love today. Amen. I'm following your ex. Amen. Amen. <laughs> If you're ready to take your pageant life to a whole new level, make sure to join us in the Powerhouse Inner Circle, where personal development meets pageantry. Each month, for less than the cost of one coaching session with me, you'll get all my best coaching strategies through two live group coaching sessions, a companion guide to make it stick, and a community to grow with during your pageant prep. Head on over to powerhousepageantry.com forward slash inner circle to learn more and to see if there's a spot for you. Finally, thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. I know life is busy and that you may be listening on your commute, at the gym, or while cooking in between classes. We love helping you unlock the winner within you. And if you love this podcast, it would mean the world to us if you'd subscribe. If this episode really hit home for you, don't hesitate to let us know on Instagram by screenshotting this episode and sharing it to your story or by texting it to that one friend who really needs to hear this. It's all about spreading sisterhood and helping other powerhouse women like yourself grow. And remember, if you're ready to go all in on your pageant prep and to link arms with other achievers who want to win their pageants and win in life, our powerhouse inner circle could be the place for you. For questions, to work with us, or for topics you'd like us to cover, email info at powerhousepageantry.com and we'll be in touch. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next week.